0: My Portfolio, My Plan, a podcast about fully recommitting to your creative life. I'm Libby Clark, your host and compatriot in this adventure in making your life anew. Episode 6, Manifesto Revisited. I've been making progress on my manifesto, which if you've followed this for the last couple of weeks... I've been working on uh, in an effort to renew my practice. In order to kind of round out what I've written already, I was reading about other people's manifestos. I've been checking in on some blind spots that I found. So if you recall my little manifesto that I presented, the abridged version, was all about how to practice in in terms of an audience. Um, There were several key things that I was missing. Any sense of place, any sense of legacy, and any sense of belonging. So I was actually thinking about Maslow's, uh, that pyramid, the uh, the self-actualization pyramid, which I always found very Western, very, very, like, mm, very macho, very achievement-driven. Like, if you do all these things, you will achieve self-actualization. And there's some contention about if he even presented that in that way. There's some apocryphal story that... Maslow actually based that graphic on the, uh, the, the, the graphic and, and kind of uh, cosmologically driven structure of the Blackfoot Indians TP graphics. Uh, so I went and looked that up. and it turns out that Maslow was actually kind of a kind of a jerk. and uh, he went and studied the, the Blackfoot Indians at the behest of Ruth Benedict back in the day with two other practitioners. He was going to apply the scientific method and he had this very problematic questionnaire that he was giving to people that were, he was he was studying dominance uh, patterns and using people's uh, sexual uh, kind of sexual inhibitions to measure uh, other parts of their lives. And I am so bastardizing what this practice was, but anyway, he went there brandishing that. Basically, Maslow was kind of shunned. Uh, he was found suspect. He was not accepted, um, and they just didn't like him. He ended up actually being kind of a dick. He was uh, He was there with, now I've got their names, he was there with Lucian Hanks, who was another practitioner, who was actually, uh, he was diverted from going to Europe that uh that summer, because his family just lost uh, another son, and then Jane Richardson Hanks, who was going and just listening, she went there with the uh, intent of whatever the uh, the with uh, the Blackfoot cared to share, she would write down and share in the future generations. These two were not found problematic. Um, Maslow, on the other hand, took Hanks's uh, original black and white photos. She took photos of all these different TPs and all these other things during these uh, with their permission and gave the person whose pictures uh, who, who were relevant to the pictures she gave them a copy and she kept a copy well Maslow asked to borrow them and never returned them which if you're a researcher that's a big deal so my estimation of Maslow during all this has definitely gotten dinged because you know you were presented with the hierarchy of needs in at least I was in grad school it's like oh this is this is how we do this well, in thinking about my my manifesto, I was all uh, I, all I did was I was looking at the world through that. Like I'm going to help other people reach the t- the tip of the pyramid. This is how I will reach the tip of my pyramid. And now I'm thinking about it, and it's not that you invert the pyramid. It's just that there's no pyramid. How about we all start from assuming that we're part of the larger whole and work outward? So how about instead of my, 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 my manifesto being about how I'm going to get other people to realize that they've got what they already have. I'm going to just work from that assumption and I'm going to work from a place of already belonging. So that's one thing that's been bringing up changes in my manifesto. Uh, and also I was talking about a unified theory of making, um, because it was making me think about, well, how am I running my classes, and how am I running my practice, and what do I hope to leave this world? My, one of my biggest heroes in this life, Sister Corita, um, she left the order eventually, but Sister Carita was a, an artist and a sister in, uh, she was a Catholic nun. She taught at the Immaculate Heart of Mary College over in California. Uh, please, apologies for all inaccuracies. I'm just, I'm speaking extemporaneously. So anybody who wants to fact check me and smack me around, come on, man, give me a break. But anyway, she operated purely from her sense of faith and belief and became incredibly politicized. She left the order when her ethics drove her out into the world to say that the Vietnam War was wrong. This is, this can change. This is that. But she did this all through this absolutely stunning pop art aesthetic where she presented the body of Christ the wafers that they serve in in mass as in the wonder bread colors which I find so delightful how delightful so just thinking about operating I mean there's nothing wrong hold on there's nothing wrong operating from an ethos and from a a faith and from a moral center and all of that there's no there's no problem assuming that you're already arrived in this world, cosmologically, physically, spiritually, there's nothing wrong with that. And moving outward, it's how do I know to do this with criteria that can be tested, um, modified? Uh, you know, how do I, how do I pivot in this world and know that I'm operating from what I know to be good? And what I know to be whole, and how do I welcome my fellow beings in that sense? So that's what I'm talking about in terms of a unified theory of making. Since I was looking at infographics, I also went and looked at the the Bauhaus school curriculum uh, chart. That beautiful, beautiful rondel, that that uh, that beautiful round chart, where you start from you start on the outside and move to the inward practice. And of course, they start, if you look at it, they start with the basic course, which is elementary study of form, study of materials, like good stuff, like, you know, playing in the mud, drawing lines, then you move in through specific, uh, you slowly focus in, and there's actually uh, the, in the ziggurat of learning, basically, once again, it's a, a kind of a pyramid, kind of a, um, you know, an apotheosis model, at the very middle is, is of course, architecture, is building. Um, they considered that, that kind of macro design to be the zenith of all creation. I mean, I'm, once again, I am putting a patina on this to prove my point. So frame of reference, people learn to think critically. It's all good. Uh, I'm trying to learn to think critically myself. I'm not saying that I've mastered it, but I'm like, what if that, you know, what if the basic course is actually still just the end all be all. And these other results are fortunate byproducts, are the result of an ethical practice forward, but are not held in such high esteem that they become, you know, like a level up. And it's like, okay, what am I trying to do here? Thing is, I don't know. I'm still figuring this out. But I think that I've been... I mean, these things that I've held in high regard, I've looked at either in the wrong way, which, you know, I'm still looking at the Bauhaus model of of curriculum because I've literally based my entire teaching on the Bauhaus model because I went to Cranbrook and, and that's uh, a school that's called the American Bauhaus because it was started by people who had come out of um, the Bauhaus or Bauhausian thinking because of the Nazis. They were chased out of Europe and they ended up in America and other practitioners like uh, Charles and Ray Eames and uh, Harry Bertoia, all these other people around that, that milieu influenced this school where you go and you have these intensive practices that lead you to an apotheosis, that leads you to, um, you know, an apex kind of practice that is rarefied, pardon me, my stutters back, that is rarefied and refined, which, I mean, I believe in. I also learned my manifesto making, once again, from my, uh, you know, Scott and Lori McAuliffe And they, once again, they had this take that was slightly different. They assumed that your obsession could be your lens. So that obsession that you formed while you were, you know, playing in the mud and drawing lines for the first time, that obsession is actually your hint that you belong to the larger whole. And they assumed that you, I mean, that was kind of the inversion, the first inversion I experienced where I was already belonging. Because if you can take this this neophyte, this novice, and, and say, okay, you have a lens through which you can lead yourself through the rest of your life's practice, through the building of your legacy and the impact you want to have on the world, you've got that insight, you've got that glimmer, that thread now, that means you already belong. So once again, I have no definitive... Results to show you, but I do have what I'm calling my unified theory of making, where I am here to show people that they already belong, which I've spoken to a little bit about in my in my uh, podcast on how I teach on uh, the making of time, how I have stopped penalizing people not meeting some artificial imposed structure of time, I've let them learn how to deal with their unstructured time and find themselves in it, um, but this this inversion or not even the inversion of the Maslow's pyramid, but throw the damn pyramid out. It's the, it was the wrong infographic. And there's no definitive proof that he even drew that up. And that whole thing of giving it the patina of authenticity by associating it with the Blackfoot teepee structure, what bullshit is that? So, but I, I, uh, what I've come, come away with is um, my manifesto is changing because there's a, there are a couple more things I want to add to it. Um, first of all, uh, we are we are born belonging. That's one thing that's changing how I'm rewriting my manifesto and my unified theory of making. Um, we belong to our place. Like we, we are we belong to the little bit of dirt we're standing on, and we should act as such. So what else is added to the complexity of my new found uh, manifesto writing is the fact that I've been gardening. I've been gardening nonstop for the last two years or more, actually. It started when uh, a pumpkin I mulched took over my backyard and I realized that this dirt in the back of my New Jersey yard was absolutely fine because somehow, I, I don't know, I just, it's easier not to belong. It's easier to keep rolled up and ready to roll out. Um, so I've been gardening and it's actually been the major part of my creative practice for the last two years. I, I've completely transformed my yard. I've dug, I spent weeks pickaxing old maple tree roots out of my backyard so I could dig pits and put down rock and then I planted. I have trellised. I have, I mean, I I've learned how to tell time again going by the seasons because I've managed to plant seeds in every patch of available dirt around my house. And that has to be part of my theory of making because I now belong. I know my dirt. I love my dirt. That and I say my, of course, it's not about me possessing it. It's about acknowledging that I'm part of it. I am part of the biome. I'm trying to be a responsible and caring member of it. I'm trying to be, you know, I don't, I don't poison my plants to keep away a certain bug, for instance. That's disgusting to me because you poison one bug, you poison them all. Um, I grow more than I need because that little bit more is what feeds the animals that come inevitably because they want it too. I mean, who can't turn down a squash? Certainly not any self-respecting squirrel in my neighborhood. So that's part of it too. So now we've got the de Maslowified idea of self-actualized people. And I I mean, I'm not trying to totally poop on Maslow, it's just that that I can't tell you how much that that pyramid was held up for me as the epitome and and just the, this is what we do. we've got the questioning of the bauhausian structure of 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 education but i'd already been doing that all along thanks to the Makalas, and then we've got the garden we've got a sense of place wherever i stand i am a part of that world i am a part of this world i need to be responsible i need to pay attention like is the is the ground wet is the air dry am i i mean what am i leaving so once again, that's part of my rewriting. The way I think about it is that I, you know, in this world, this swirling, turbulent political landscape that we live in, where identity politics are fighting, so we're using identity politics to fight for a better world. Um, we need to be, we need to be helping our students become impervious to the eddied privileges of the past, and the, it's not that we can teach them that oh you're great and then not fix the privilege structures we need to teach them to be resilient or show them that they already belong like I have found the biggest thing that I have done as an educator is simply acknowledge people as my as my equals you know and I'll say it a million times I greet every student as my future or present peer like we are we are creators side by side I am, you know, guide on the side, not sage on the stage. I don't understand why anybody needs to hold that hierarchical structure up at this time, at least in my field. Um, Of course you can probably find an exception, but you know, if I get these students to realize how fully a part of the world they already are or get them all talking about it and working from that place of centered being, there's so many things that won't be a problem anymore, or at least not the scale of problem that, you know, or not at the scale that they were before. Once again, I am speaking without notes. I am speaking purely from my heart. I've been reading a couple of different books. I've been reading, of course, uh, you know, Indistractable, which has been really helpful. And um, that whole uh, time management is pain management thing fed into all these insecurities I had were coming from my not feeling centered and not feeling already secure and just being. Now I'm reading Dopamine Nation and talk, it's talking about indulgence and uh, the, the pain pleasure kind of, you know, toggle in us. Once again, I'm vastly cooking this down. We have to give people the comfort in that in being uncomfortable because like that state of that is, that is that occurs at a true learning moment where you're just at the verge of really just falling on your fucking face. That, that, that moment of learning where you've pushed yourself well beyond what you know into your unknown and you're actually maintaining course that is a really helpful thing to know and and i'm a recovering alcoholic a recovering addict i have to stay in that moment of frission by being honest i have to get up every morning and say you know uh i'm not drinking today because if i do that uh the pain pleasure toggle starts flipping back and forth and i lose everything so once again, I see my theory of making, taking this in. And, uh, you know, once again, I, I want to center my students in the lived beauty of being right near, right now. Uh, the, the discomfort and comfort, the pleasure, the pain, the engagement. Engage. Engage and, and, and know yourself. These are things that absolutely are part of me. Uh, organically, it's just been bubbling up and bubbling up and trying to come out. And finally, I'm like, you know what, damn it, you know, I, I, why are we grading people? Why are we doing that? Once again, this is just a step on my way, but I'm gonna send, I'm gonna put together some links and write this up a little bit more neatly. This, once again, is just an extemporaneous stream of consciousness that I'm giving you as I formulate what I think is gonna be a pretty substantial, you know, r- written down kind of book. I think I'm, I think I'm writing a book of, I mean, maybe a small, a booklet, but still I'm writing something down because I think of Sister Corita and her wonderful legacy, that beautiful body of work of her working to make the world a better place, not from on high, but from beside the shoulder to shoulder and beside me. And she, I mean, you know, we're talking about somebody who was living a dedicated and open life of faith. Um, within a religious order, finding the way to through pop art, uh, at least through the aesthetics of pop art, to say something so real and beautiful and enduring. What she did in 1964 is still giving me so much now. That's what I want to do with my life. That's what my manifesto was trying to get me to do back when I didn't know what end was up and if I really was a part of the world or not. And so I'm recalculating, reformulating, and I'm looking at all these influences and questioning them. You know, and Maslow did a lot of good. And I'm not trying to totally crap on him, but we held him in such high regard in grad school, at least like I did and other people in my little tiny circle. And I never questioned that damn pyramid. I just, I was like, how am I going to reach the top of that? And once I reach the top, won't I slide down? Won't somebody be fighting to take it away from me? Like, you know. So that's what i got for you right now. I'm sorry it's so discombobulated and all over the place, but I'll tighten it up. I'm going uh, to go ahead and uh, transcribe this and get the uh, audio cleaned up and get that out because I'm a little bit late. Because um, I, I guess I should report in. Uh, I was supposed to put this up last Friday. Only last Friday I was driving down to Virginia. And after a crazy week, I drove down to my home c- county of Rockbridge County, Virginia, and I saw my dad and my, mo- my mom and my stepmom. And my dad's packing up his house because he's getting ready to put it on the market. He's kind of, uh, you know, he's acknowledging that things are changing. He's no longer going to be using all these tools. And all. he's not going to be, he's not able to. He's got COPD. He's, uh, he's living the last part of his life. He's not at the, he's not door or anything, but I'm watching this man who I've seen through every iteration of my life and from whom I've evinced, you know, a lot of what I think of this world. And I'm having to redraw who I thought he was because I had some things very wrong. My dad's a nice man and he is handling what is the last part of his life in a way that I am, I am taking note it is a beautiful thing to see people deciding how they want to be remembered and being very active in form, forming those, those uh, bonds. And he's doing that work right now. And I'm so, I'm so proud of him. And I, I hope I can do the same for my child when I'm at that point. And I'm so grateful because, you know, how many years we have left, I want to, I want them. I want them very actively together. And once again, it's just a lesson. It's a larger part of my, you know, the unified theory of making. Because it's the unified theory of my life. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm working. I'm in flux. I'm also crazed from school. I don't know about you, but it's September I have all these classes starting. I'm writing syllabi. I'm meeting HR departments because I got hired by a couple new schools. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm crazed. But this I have to do. I have to send out the signal. Sorry it's late this week, but that's okay. I've committed. And showing up and being here, I belong. I'm already here. Anyway, I hope you can weed your way through this and find something of value. I'll put the notes that I have that I've been working with. In the, uh, in the description on the on the podcast platform, you can reach me at myportfoliomyplan.com. Uh, I'm always an email away. Uh, if you want to, you can also email me, libby at libbyclarkdesign.com. Uh, I've got like 17 emails, so that's the best one to use. But I'll put that as in the notes as well. We've got so much work we've done already, and there's so much work to do because life is work, and it's beautiful work. And... We welcome each other to the work. That's I think is the highest blessing we can give. So I welcome you to the work, my friends. Y'all be well.